continue worshiping this morning, we invite you to turn in your Bible or Bible apps to the first book of the prophet Samuel, the 17th chapter, beginning in the 32nd verse. Let us receive the word of God. David said to Saul, let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord, who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor, and he tried in vain to walk, for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I am not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch. His sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and spear and javelin but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine drew nearer to David to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. 
receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. We are in the middle of a sermon series on the call, Good Trouble. Last week, Pastor Ginger spoke on a passage earlier in the book of 1 Samuel, the identification of David as the one God had picked out to be the king. Picking the eighth and youngest son of a not particularly remarkable family is an unexpected choice. Yet God again and again throughout our scriptures empowers leaders who defy societal expectations for leadership. The late representative John Lewis used the phrase good trouble to refer to activities for positive social change that push against unjust laws and social norms. With pressure to follow the racist policies of the Jim Crow South, Representative Lewis remembered his parents saying when he asked about white-only signs, that's the way it is. Don't get in the way. Don't get in trouble. But inspired by leaders like Dr. King and Rosa Parks, Representative Lewis says he did get in trouble, in good trouble. Today, we continue the story of the young David, his community under threat, and divine inspiration for David to get involved. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. The audacity to imagine that you can go from tending sheep to besting the biggest, strongest warrior in the Philistine army it's improbable. It's impossible. The young David beating the experienced and physically stronger Goliath? No way. Yet there is a way. For David, there is a way through a leader who finally accepts young David's offer, but then tries to push the leader's own way for how to proceed. And for David, there is a way through an opponent who seemingly has every advantage. For you and for me, there is a way. Whatever the obstacles, there is a way to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves as we are called to in our baptismal vows. It may not be in our time. It may not be how we want it. It surely will not be easy. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, there is always a way to turn those places where we are outraged over that's the way it is into the next 
faithful step in being the body of Christ in the world. In whatever situations where we are called to be about good trouble, God is with us, drawing on our experiences and providing the tools and resources to face our obstacles. As we look at today's text, you're welcome to have out your Bible or your Bible app to 1 Samuel 17. Let's see what David encounters and what we might learn for our own journeys. The stories of David in the books of 1 and 2 Samuel help the Israelites to tell the story of their beginnings as a more cohesive entity from multiple tribes. Importantly, these books of the Bible show later generations the role of God in the lives of their ancestors and therefore give hope that God is with them as well. Like the passage last week of Samuel's anointing of David, this story of David and Goliath shows that Yahweh, the Lord as translated in the New Revised Standard Version, Yahweh is with the unlikely protagonist, David. David has been sent by his father with food for his brothers who are a part of Saul's army who are facing the Philistines, a main external opponent to the Israelites in the narrative of 1 and 2 Samuel. One of the Philistines, Goliath, has offered to fight a representative of the Israelites. 40 days, or in Bible speak, a really long time, go by, and no one from amongst the Israelites goes forward. Goliath is described as tall and decked out with heavy armor. He's gotten called a giant, but the point is that he is a formidable seasoned warrior. As we pick up the story in verse 32, young David, fresh from tending the sheep flocks and serving as the food delivery service of his day, offers to be the one to go fight Goliath. The, the reply is hardly a surprise. The Israelite leader, Saul, dismissively says, you are not able to go out against this Philistine to fight him, for you are just a boy. And he has been a warrior from his youth. David is confronted with Saul's lack of imagination for an outside-the-box solution, even as apparently no one else is equipped to fight Goliath one-on-one. -on -one. How many times have we heard you're not the right age. You don't have the right degree. You're just not the right fit. David might have given in to the dismissal, but instead he asserts his credentials and his trust in God. 
In the course of his shepherding duties, he has saved lambs from bears and lions. Fuller examination of this word saved is for another sermon or perhaps for your own study this week, but I'll note that it runs along the lines of delivered from or snatched away from. David is convicted that it is through the power of a saving God that he has been brought through his prior experiences with fearsome foes. And likewise, God will be with him this time as he faces Goliath. The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. David assesses the situation and knows that he can offer himself. God has equipped him for just such a moment. God empowers us to draw on our own particular strengths and abilities for the sake of kingdom building. In return, we are called to trust that God will continue to carry us through. With David's clear articulation of readiness, Saul finally agrees that David can be the one to go out against Goliath. Saul says, go and may the Lord be with you. However, even as he seems to understand Yahweh's presence with David, Saul clings to what he knows and remains blind to the true gift of service that David is offering. As Walter Brueggemann says, Saul does not understand anything. He has uttered Yahweh's name, but he wants to outdo Goliath on Goliath's terms. Saul foolishly tries to make David into the type of warrior that he knows about. Fits him up in armor and a helmet and a sword. However, for David, armor and a sword are not the tools he knows. They are not where God has given him strength. David tries to walk around, but unable to do so, he casts aside the armor. In this, David reminds us that we need to resist bending to other people's expectations and norms when they are not what will allow us to best use our God-given talents and passions and convictions. When facing the Goliaths of our lives, we must remember with confidence that God has been nurturing and shaping us since the day we were born. Let God's provenient grace be what is molding you, not the dictates of others' unholy expectations. As we look at this passage, I must mention that there will likely be times when we find ourselves in Saul's place. 
Let Saul's failure in his hasty attempt to shape David into a warrior serve as a warning. We must avoid trying to mold others into our image. Teaching and mentorship are one thing. Demanding that there is only one way to live, insisting that there is only one way to fight for justice will lead to failure every time. We need to honor how every human being is made in the image of God. We need to honor how we are called to bring our full beings and God-given gifts to the places where we find ourselves for the sake of the transformation of the world. David resists Saul's attempts to control things. David gathers five smooth stones and goes to face Goliath with tools that give him an advantage, his sling and his practiced arm. Now Goliath comes out with trash talk, but David responds with the claim that Yahweh has equipped David to meet Goliath and indeed to gain victory. With the skills that he has honed as a shepherd, David does the unthinkable and overcomes Goliath's greater physical strength. And so ends 40 days of Goliath coming out every day to challenge the Israelites. A young shepherd comes along, assured that God will be with him just like God has been with him before. God has not only provided the young shepherd with tools and resources to help his community, but God has also provided the young shepherd with discernment to know when those tools and resources can be put to good use. This June, as we mark Pride Month, we also celebrate the anniversaries of several landmark Supreme Court decisions impacting LGBTQ people. A year ago, the court held that, quote, an employer who fires an individual merely for being gay or transgender violates Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, end quote. One of the cases involved in that decision was that of Amy Stevens, a trans woman who was fired after she told her employer that she would be transitioning from male to female. Amy sought to live openly as who she was and continue in her profession. Instead, unfortunately, she lost her livelihood. In a January 2020 interview with NBC, when asked about her feelings in advance of a Supreme Court decision, she said, we're going to keep fighting regardless of what the decision is. Amy was someone willing to get in good trouble. She was seeking to authentically live her life and ended up becoming an activist, apparently quite accidentally. Instead of taking an offered severance package, 
she contacted the ACLU of Michigan. She knew there was a way to fight the bigotry that she faced. As she also noted in that NBC interview, it is my life, but it's also a lot of other people's lives. Amy Stevens stepped up when an opportunity that none of us would have asked for presented itself. She took the opportunity to fight the injustice of her firing and the effects will be felt in our country for years to come. When you look around your community, your workplace, your family, the world, where is God calling you? Where is God calling you to get in some good trouble? If you're not sure where God is calling you, I encourage you to set apart some time to breathe in prayer and conversation with others. Set apart some time to reflect on where you see brokenness and where you are nudged to think, hey, I've got this. With God, I've got this. There will be opportunities when you are paying attention to the world around you and all the ways that God has already provided you with tools and resources and skills. People will try to get you off track, but I encourage you to remain confident in where God has already been with you and where you feel complete trust that God will be with you again. It may seem completely improbable, but you, you might be the one that brings just that slightly different perspective or experience or skill that can get things moving. The Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. The gospels tell time and again of Jesus breaking the boundaries of that's the way it is thinking. He eats with and talks to and heals people that others deem unclean or undesirable. Jesus drives out the money changers from the temple, interrupting a financial system, taking advantage of, advantage of worshipers coming in from out of town. With all the brokenness and evil of this world, the good news is that we do not have to be stuck. We don't have to be stuck in our personal lives. We don't have to be stuck in our collective life. We are called to follow Jesus in bringing fullness of life to all the places that need it, all the places that we find ourselves. We are called to follow Jesus in bringing fullness of life from the front steps of our church to our kitchen tables, to corporate offices, to the Oval Office. May God continue to shape you and shape me
May God continue to surprise us with unexpected grace and opportunities. May God continue to equip leaders with the right skills for the right moment to step forward. With God, there is a way. Wherever, whenever you find yourself responding to God's call to good trouble, as Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. Amen. <laughs>